You're listening to What Were You Thinking? with Eric McCoy and Morella McCoy, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey, this is Eric McCoy, and I'm with... Morella McCoy. Thank you for tuning back into another episode of What Were You Thinking? on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey, please, uh, I wanted to throw out real quick, give us a call. If uh, you would like to put some input in, because we do want to know what you were thinking, the phone number is area code 323-203-0815. And again, that's 323-203-0815. You can also message on Facebook, as Morella has Facebook in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to hear your messages. Send them over. For those of you afraid to call, it's, you know, messages. Tell us what you're thinking. Yes, we do want to know what you were thinking. Hey, and this is also, um, I want to remind everybody that September is National Recovery Month. And so this is the month where we kind of join together. We celebrate we the celebrate millions recovery. of people that have recovered, that are in recovery and have recovered or are in recovering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then also, you know, joining together and putting ideas and thoughts together as far as how can we help all of those people that are out there still struggling. And as I always like to say, for those of you that are suffering out there, I love you. You probably don't hear that much. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. So today we had an idea of what we wanted to talk about. And um, I wanted to give you guys a real quick quote. And I gave a quote last time when we started. This one's actually from Albert Einstein. Um, don't try to sound like I don't have any idea how he sounded, so (laughs) I I won't even give that a shot. But the significant problems that we face cannot be solved at the level of thinking that actually created them. Mm. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. It is very interesting. And I want to actually get into, but I'll do this in a little bit. I'm an expert in um, relationships. And <laughs> and uh, silence says it all. Expert in relationships, and uh, I wanted to give a little insight into that in a little bit when we actually get talking about what we wanted to talk about today. Yeah, I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about today. I think a lot of people need to hear what we're going to say. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get started on that. Okay. Why don't you start? Uh, what are we talking about today? Just kidding. Um. <laughs> So, you know, we started talking about in the last couple of, uh, you know, shows that we've done and really about thinking for ourselves and thinking, you know, what our thinking has caused us. And, you know, like where where does our mindset come from? Right. So we talked this today's show. I thought we would we talk about what fixed thinking is versus our growth thinking. Mm. Right. So what is fixed thinking? And fixed thinking is is that belief in our own minds that we are not good enough, we're not strong enough, we're not able to do the things that other, quote unquote, other people can do. Because in our minds, we are fixated on the fact that we were even, we were told at some point we weren't going to be good enough. Wait a minute. You're telling me that I'm not good enough? I'm not smart enough? And, and gosh, people don't like me? Exactly. <laughs> At least that's what you tell yourself, right? At least that is what you tell yourself, right? So, I mean, so how do we get out of that mindset? First of all, let's, let's talk about how we get into this fixed mindset. 
And then let's talk about ways that we can get into this growth mindset, which growth mindset is about solutions, right? And as you know, Eric and I believe that we can give you guys ideas and thoughts and you know things to kind of think about, but everybody's solution is a little bit different. So your, gro- your growth mindset is really about looking at what your, where your fixed mindset comes in. Right. So let, let's kind of talk about that. Yeah. Right. So I want to actually talk a little bit about the fixed mindset. Yeah. Let's we, were, do that. we were kind of discussing this a little bit when we were driving down and you know, this, this fixed mindset can, and again, it's not always parents, you know, we were right. talking about a lot of people think all this stuff comes from parents, but it doesn't, but a lot of it can come from, you know, things that you were taught. Mm-hmm. Right. And then sometimes you do these things. So then you become those things. Right, and, <clears throat> and an example of that would be addiction. drug users. So, if somebody, you know, people are taught drug abusers are bad, right, mm-hmm. or even drugs are bad, mm-hmm. that if a lot of us try them, and a lot of us then, if we liked them and we continued doing them, then all of a sudden we are bad, or we're a bad person, mm-hmm. which goes to the labeling. Right, and I remember this when I was, you know in my early days and I'm running around with the Grateful Dead, best band of all time, and living that life, that hippie-ish life. Right. You know, and I always kind of felt that that same vibe, Mm -hmm. you know, that people, these are a waste of people. These are people that, you know, are, uh, you know, causing problems in our communities, which we really didn't cause many problems, but, um, you know, the deadheads. Yeah. And... I do believe that it did sort of change my mindset a little bit and ga- I gave myself labels as well. Right, and that's what we do. We give ourselves our own labels because we hear that drug drugs are bad. If you do drugs, you're a bad person. If you cheat on somebody, you're automatically a bad person. Like, what do they say? Once a cheater, always a cheater. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a drug addict, all, <clears throat> you know you're always a drug addict, and you're you're a uh, a criminal who served time, comes out of jail, and is still a criminal. Yeah, yeah. I we and so I, I encourage everybody who's interested in this stuff to check out my other website, all uh, my other podcast, uh, Walk a Mile in my shoes and this last week we actually talked about that a little bit on there and we talked about you know how the drug wars basically violate our bill of rights Mm -hmm. you know basically violate all of them except for two and three although it also affects two because if i'm arrested if i'm arrested in the state of california for a drug charge i can never own a gun again if it was a felony back when it was a felony Mm -hmm. right so i do lose that that right that right also but we were talking. We were talking about who's the guy from Texas, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz. right? Mm-hmm. And this was an interesting statement. We kind of had a video of this where he said that um, I can't believe that. And he was. It was a. You know, he was doing a debate with somebody. I can't believe this individual would allow. You know, people that are arrested for a drug offense to get a driver's license. Right. Seriously? <laughs> what does that have to do with this too? But but again, it goes back to, you know, that, yeah, if you are a drug user, you're a bad person. Right. And you're taught that, you believe that, and then society continues to reinforce that. Right. 
And then you you start to reinforce it in your own mind, right? Even though you're no longer using drugs and you and you you know live in a you know a life where you have a job and you're you know paying your bills and you're taking your responsibility, people will still judge you as a drug user, yeah. right? And, and and then we hide and we shame. We don't tell the story, right? Right? We don't tell the story that yeah, I was an addict. I'm a recovering addict. Um, you know, I, I know my limits, you know, I know for a fact for you, you, you stay clean from everything, alcohol, everything. I will enjoy my glass of wine every once in a while because I know I have that control over wine. It doesn't control me. Right. But if you put meth in front of me, yeah, that might be a little bit harder. Right. So, well, um, and I, and you know, it, so Carlos, I had, you know, done a podcast mm -hmm. with him when we were talking about the prison system, mm -hmm. you know, and and he actually had looked up these statistics and it was about 70% of people that go to prison that get released from prison will be back in prison within five years. Yeah, I heard that. 70%. And I believe there's a good reason for it. Because you know? they believe they're criminals. Well, there's there's two sides to that. But yeah, so, so, you know, a lot of people get out of prison with an intent to not go back to prison. Right. Right. But once you get released and you come into society, you are, you are going to be looking for a job that mm -hmm. you're going to have a hard time getting. Right. You know, you may have a family that you need to support. You may have to pay rent. You may have to eat. Mm -hmm. And and it goes back to the you do whatever you got to do. Right. Type of survive. idea. If yeah. I'm starving to death and I'm I'm going to steal some food because nobody wants to give you a job. Our yeah, and our bodies are designed to survive. Right. So. Now, I, d I don't want to give this as an excuse to people because, no, right, again, right. my motto is no matter where you've been or what you've done, you can do anything you want if you're willing to fight for it, if you're willing to fight for that's it. That's the big key, yeah. And so, you know, the that's the challenge, right. you know, that, that these people face, though. Right. And, uh, and some of them end up having to resort back to what they knew, mm -hmm. you know. What's comfortable for them. Yeah, I mean, they changed that three strike law i don't know if we had talked about this but they had changed that three strike law yeah. you know where people had been in prison for 18 years 25 years 30 years you met that one guy that we got out it was 18 years mm -hmm. <laughs> let's talk about him <laughs> um, yeah. not a bad guy but he was he was oh, horny he I just, think, he just know? wanted your wife i mean that's <laughs> that's a whole other oprah right so <laughs> um but yeah i mean and and so society tells us that that we're that if we do certain things we're one way we start to believe it and then we then become so fixated again that fixed mindset so fixed mindset really fixates your ability it stops your ability to, from being able to get out of that right you're just fixed on this on the mind well if i did drugs and i struggled that i must have been a bad person so i'm never really gonna amount to much more this is just yeah. where my life is, yeah. right? And so the, the the talk today is really is how do we get out of lying to ourselves? Because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. One, we're lying to ourselves because if we're willing to fight for it, we can get past the stigma that we ourselves are putting in our own mind. Mm -hmm. Forget all the other crap that other buddy's telling you, but just focus on what you truly believe and do you really believe that you are nothing more than an addict? Mm -hmm. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself and believe in yourself, right? Yeah. 
So the I mean, I come on here and I say this, I say it on my podcast, my other shows, you know, I had a major drug problem. Mm-hmm. I stand tall today. Mm-hmm. And I don't allow anything to stop me. Right. I mean, this has been my fight with stuff, you know, is that, I mean, I've been in situations where I've ran into challenges, mm-hmm. you know, because of my past and the issues that I've had, but it doesn't stop me today. Right. You right. know, I stand tall, I'm in recovery, and I'm proud of that. Right. And and I feel the same way. Most people who, who, who know me from like my, my coworkers or my colleagues or whatever, they don't know that I'm a recovering addict because they 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 didn't know me when I was you know was in um when when I was in the depths of my addiction right mm-hmm. but I'm such a different person if once they find out they're like oh my gosh I would have no idea but if I would have stayed fixated on the fact that I'm no good mm-hmm. that I'm not going to amount to much then I would have been down here and they I, they would never have met me you know what I mean like I wouldn't have tried to keep working and plugging away and doing what I did to try to go, I am better than my actions. Mm-hmm. So I am a better person than some of the actions that I that I have done in the past. Mm-hmm. And I learn from them and I grow, yep. right? But people stay stuck there. They get stuck in, I am no good because people have told them that, society has told them that, loved ones have told them that, and they're telling themselves that. Mm-hmm. And it's them telling themselves that that's the most that's damaging. That's the most damaging. You know, it's the lies we tell ourselves that are going to kill us. Absolutely. And I will always remember back in my 20s when I was in that big car accident, right? I was in recovery. It had been two years I was in recovery at that mm. point. So I was clean and sober, and I fell asleep at the wheel, got in this big, huge car accident, almost died, Right. And I've, the reason I fell asleep at the wheels because I was raising a one-year-old, working at nights and going to school in the morning. So I was exhausted, you know, and I fell asleep at the wheel. But instead of thinking that way, I had family members say, oh, she must be doing meth again. Mm-hmm. Right? They were, mm-hmm. they were so fixated on the fact that I was in recovery and it had been two years that there was no other possible way that I would have fallen asleep at the wheel unless I was doing meth. Mm-hmm. And that angered me because they were still seeing me as the addict. You know, I mean, of course, that was 20 plus years ago. But, um, you know, it's just that always reminds me I, in people's eyes. I will always be, especially my loved ones, I will always be the addict, mm-hmm. the one who, you know. So you did, prove them wrong. So you prove them wrong. Right. So I could have sat there and thought, well, I guess that's what I am. That's the best I can be. And I relapsed. You know, well, thanks to you. Um, I re- <laughs> <laughs> I relapsed, and um, I'm very sensitive. I about that. I could have stayed with I could have stayed in my shame, right? But I relapsed. I got clean again, and I moved forward. So that is what a fixed mindset is. We are lying to ourselves that we are not good enough, that we are never going to mount anything, that we don't deserve better in our lives. And so we stay in, in we stay in horrible relationships. We don't move forward in life, in our career, in school, and all this other stuff because we are lying to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, really, that's what a fixed mindset is. We are fixated on the bad, and we don't want to move forward. But there's so many people out there that are wishing they could move forward. Why can't I move forward? I guess this is just my life. 
why I'm in this horrible relationship. I'm super unhappy. This person treats me horribly, but I'm never going to get anything better than this. So I might as well just stay in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. What stops us is fear. Mm -hmm. Fear that we will get rejected again. Fear that we will not be able to move forward. And fear that we may fail, but failure makes us grow. And fear is the greatest destroyer of happiness. Absolutely. Right? So what we need to do is switch our mindset over from fixed to growth. Which means it's time to step out of your comfort zone. It, absolutely. It's the only way you're going to grow, right? Yeah. The only way you're going to be able to grow is grow out of that comfort zone. You know, and in my situation um, with in my previous marriage, I was unhappy for years. I was unhappy before I even married the guy. But in my <laughs> fixed mindset, no, I was damaged goods. I had three kids. Nobody was ever going to love me. This is it. This was my life. I was going to have to live with a man that I was not in love with, you know, and try to raise his family. You know, I just wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't, you know, it was everything. It was just so many things. In my mind, I was fixated on the fact that I wasn't good enough. Right? And the biggest fear, the biggest thing I ever did was to finally say enough is enough. It wasn't that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah, all of a sudden I love myself. No, it was finally time for me to say, okay, what's holding me back? Mm -hmm. The only thing that's holding me back is me. You know, it doesn't matter if nobody is ever going to love me again, but there's no reason for me to stick in such a horrible relationship. That's the situation for everybody. Mm -hmm. The only thing holding you back is you. Absolutely. You know, I'll tell you a quick story on, on uh, and, I, and I always think about this, you know, with, you know, the greatest fear that people have is death in public speaking, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, public speaking being the higher one and <laughs> for most people. And, um, and so I had, um, when I'd gotten out of custody in 2002, or 2002, um, I got out of custody. And one of the greatest fears that I had in my entire life was public speaking. Mm -hmm. Look at you now. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it was a horrific fear. Right. I mean, to the point where, you know, I would shake, I'd, you know, sweat, and I, you know, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, dry mouth and you're stuttering, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look like cotton mouth and, mm -hmm. you know, you spoke on all that weed, right? <laughs> Not only people that smoke weed get dry mouth, okay? Like, <laughs> calm down. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm stigmatizing and yes. labeling or whatever. So, um, so, I had a, so I was in a program, and the owner of the program called me one day mm -hmm. and asked if I would meet with Tony Rakakis. Tony Rakakis was the Orange County elected district attorney right. of Orange County. And he, um, he was speaking at a conference. And it was an H and I, so hospitals and institutions. So for oh, anybody yeah. that doesn't know, these are pe these are uh, people that go into places to bring the twelve step program for people that can't get out right. to go to these meetings. And so she called me and asked if I would meet with him and then go speak with him at this conference. And I'm thinking, like, what the? What are you you picked the wrong person, crazy. right? Right. <laughs> and so, and I remember getting off the phone. I was like, you know what? Let me let me call you back. Let me think about it. And one thing they always talk about in the 12 step program, I always say, you know, if somebody asks you to do something, just do it. Yeah. So popped in my head. All right, you know what? I'm just going to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I went, to, I went to lunch with him and he wanted to know my story. And so I told him my whole story of my substance abuse and everything. And I always joke about it because 
you know, for anybody out there that, you know, has a story like I have, it's one thing about sharing it to the sponsor. Right. <laughs> but try sharing it to the Orange County District right. Attorney, right? Right. <laughs> but then I kind of walked away from that lunch and I was like, man, I feel good. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I don't have anything to hide. Right. You know, <laughs> or I'm going to prison. Right. One, one or the other. <laughs> when I get home, there might be a cop waiting for me. But, you know, we'll see what happens when we yeah. get there. And, I, and it was great. I mean, I literally op- really opened up to him. And then it came time for the conference that I was going to. And I remember walking into this room and there was just hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And I was all of a sudden, you know, the the knots in my stomach and, Sweating you know, just, this, just yeah, like, yeah, feeling crazy and going, why am I doing this? This isn't, I'm not going to be able to do this. And so I sit down and, and again, I want to say this was the epitome of stepping out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's, got up there and he started speaking and he was telling my story parts of my story um because he was using me as an example right you know for whatever and he spoke for probably maybe at 45 minutes and then he he goes now i want to introduce you to who uh, who the man i was speaking about. <laughs> so now everybody knows your story <laughs> well that wasn't really my problem but now it was time for me to get up there i mean you know you're talking yeah. stage lights boom mic right, you know right right hundreds of people and uh and so i got up there i want to share something real quick for anybody that and i might have said this on the show before but for anybody who has tremendous fear there is an antidote to fear, and it's appreciation. Mm. And I put this in my book, and I talked a little bit about this this idea that that you know appreciation, true appreciation, the, the most the strongest outbound form of love, the idea of giving of everything and asking for nothing, mm-hmm. and your mind cannot be in a state of fear and appreciation at the same time. True. And so I thought about this because I had actually been reading in this, I had, had kind of read, read some book where it was talking a little bit about this concept. And so I tested it. And so I got up there and I spent about the first five minutes genuinely appreciating H&I, telling them how much I appreciate them coming into the jails, bringing recovery into me, you know, telling me their story, offering me hope, mm-hmm. and giving me this stuff. And, and so that appreciation, my, my sweats went away. I got comfortable. I probably spoke for about another 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I stepped out of seriously my comfort zone. And the ironic part behind this is that throughout the years since then, um, I have done a lot of public speaking Right. and, um, I've gotten much better at it. Um, I'd probably say still the, and I think back of the other most uncomfortable one was when I owned my program in Anaheim and I presented our program to a room full of judges. Judges, I remember you telling me that, yeah. <laughs> and they kind of judged me. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> it's in the title. Um, and I remember, and I, re- I remember one of the first times I saw you speak when we first started dating, you, you, really, you really draw in the people listening and, and you tell your story or, or whatever it is that you're talking about, you really draw them in. I remember sitting there like a total, 
you know, oh my gosh, he's so cute. Like just sitting there looking at wow. you and listening. I know, really, really gross, right? Um, but just <laughs> like really en enthralled with what you were saying and, and stuff like that. And so when you told me you had this fear of of speaking in public, I was like, there's no, there's no way. Like mm -hmm. you, you just you're so smooth about it. And now look at you, podcast radio show. I'm like, gonna be, I'm gonna be the MC at a big conference on Saturday. Oh, speaking of that again, if, for anybody that's local, we're again we're having the OC Recovery Rally, which is gonna be in Garden Grove on Saturday. Um, check it out. Come we would see us. love to see you there. Hear what you guys have to say about the yeah. show. You know, um. We'll have a little booth. We'll have a booth, not booze. Booth. <laughs> just kidding. No, I know. It just sounded like you said booze. <laughs> oh, booze. No. Yeah, no booze. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, so yeah, so I think we all have that story, that, that stepping out of our comfort zone, right? So yours was this public speaking. Mine was like hmm. being able to step out of a relationship that I'd been in 20 year, for 20 years and, and find myself again and, and, and do what I need to do for me and my kids. And, and, um, you know, it's uncomfortable, it's not easy, it's actually one of the hardest things you can do to come out of your comfort zone. And, but that's how, that's how we grow, right? So, mm -hmm. so some of the things that we need to do to get out of that fixed mindset, right, is one, to stop listening to all the crap around us, right, and start really figuring out where does that fixed mindset come from and how can I get out of it? And then it's as simple as saying, instead of saying, I can't, you can say, I can, these are the steps I need to take, mm -hmm. right? So it's the, I can't, I shouldn't, I, you know, those kind of things that you have to change your sentence structure. So we always say, got to eliminate all the can'ts, the need to's and the should's mm -hmm. because you don't have to do shit. Right. You don't need to do nothing. Right. You don't have to stay clean and sober. You don't. But I actually like this idea because the truth is, is that, you know, this is a choosing. And I think I've said this before, but we choose. I choose to stay clean and sober. I don't have to. And I know I don't have to. Right. Right. But I choose to. That's empowering. Mm -hmm. You know, I get to go to right. work. I don't have to. I get to. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think that's so important, you know, is that because our minds do have such a powerful way of affecting our feelings what we do and if we can empower us then that's going to make us move forward i get to go to work i choose to stay clean and sober i get to stay clean and sober right right i don't have to right this is a choice that i make think about that say that say those words i have to i have to i choose to i choose to which feels yeah. better yeah i choose to yeah because it's always better when you get to choose something, right? Instead of and, something you have to do. And the reality that is, and I, you know, is, is that again, the basic premise of human behavior is that we only do what we would rather do than not do at this moment in time. Right. So you don't ever do anything you don't want to do. Right. Everything that you do. So if you want to, if you want to be honest about your statements, you got to get rid of the have tos. Right. Because everything you do you choose to do right people say what are you you're crazy man i do shit i don't want to do I, all the I time ha i have to work you know? or else i won't make money right but, but you don't have to work where it's making you 
where you're not happy. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't choose you, to work where you're not happy. Yeah. So you need to make the choice of what steps you need right. to take to get where you want to be. Right. But the premise of, you know, people saying that, you know, I, you know, there are things I, you know, do all the time that I don't want to do. And that's not true. Everything you do, you do because you want to do. I don't know about that. I'll tell you the reason. Okay. Here's the reason. Explain. Explain. Is because you either do things to gain something or you do something to avoid something. So if you don't go to work, you get fired. So I'm going to go to work so I keep my job. Right. Right. Um, If if you're in a DUI school and you choose not to go, then you have to go back to court and all that kind of stuff. So you choose to go. Nobody wants to go to DUI school. Right. But the room's full of people that ha- that do, that do it, right? Because they don't want to go to jail or they don't want to have to go back. So to So they court, don't have to deal with the right? consequences. Okay, I so hear what you're saying. Either way, they are choosing to do it. Okay, okay. Because the other choice would be not do it, and then you deal with the consequences. Right. Okay. Either way, you're making a choice. Right. But again, you do things because you either want to gain something or you want to avoid a consequence. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Either way. It's a choice. You're choosing. Right. So think about that, you know? I mean, oh, really. It's very powerful. I never really thought of it that way. Okay. I mean, I hear, because I hear people like that, like even in recovery, like sober, I have to stay sober. That's not a, an empowering statement. I say, no, switch that around. You choose to. Mm-hmm. You get to stay clean and sober, mm-hmm. you know? Because when you're, you know, the, the, the mind has this, uh, such a powerful ability to influence everything about us, including mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I feel I have to. You don't want to do it. I don't do it. Mm-hmm. And it may be something I probably should do. Right, right. You know, but again, we want to eliminate the shoulds too. Everything is a choice. Right. We choose. Right. That's empowering. Right. I love it. Yeah, and it's very empowering. <laughs> that's that's good. I never thought of it that way. So that's interesting because uh, the the have tos. I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, I I work so that I can make money, mm-hmm. right? But it, the choice that I go to work is so that I can make money. So that does make sense, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's not what we're talking about necessarily, right? No. Well, it was a little bit. It was a little bit what we're talking about. But what we're really talking about is really kind of getting out of this 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 fixed mindset and going into this growth mindset and really using the words that that come out of our mouth to really start to identify why can't if if you want to go back to school and you say and you're older and you want to go back to school and you say I can't go back to school. Why can't you? Yeah, because people will say, oh, I'm going to be 70 by the time I get my right. my master's. I had a professor, she said it perfectly, right? She said, you know, she's, she'll mention that to people and she'll say, you know, yeah, I hear from these people that, you know, I'm going to be 70 years old by the time I get my master's degree. And she looks at him and she goes, you know what, you're going to be 70 years old anyways. You might as well be 70s with a master's. master's. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, right? And so it's, it's, it's going into the, I want to go back to school. And I can, and these are the steps that I have to take to get to there, right? But if you're saying you can't and why you can't, there's always going to be roadblocks in everything that you do. So you have to be willing to fight for it, right? So back, you can do anything you want to do as long as you're willing to fight for it. It's what we always say. We always, you know, we say it. Sometimes it's easier said than done. 
But if you don't start to think about what it is that you really want to do and what's stopping you and really do that, that soul searching, you know, it, it, you're going to be stopped every time. And, 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 and I'll be 100% honest. There is times where I have told myself something, I can't do something or yeah, I'm not smart enough or I'm not talented enough or, you know, those kind of things. And I have to stop myself kind of regroup and think about why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, and, and there's things like, you know, Eric and I have been working on doing our house and we, you know, we room one room at a time and he's in a phenomenal painter. I mean, he just has this, like this skill of just being able to just do the straightest line ever and I'll help him paint. And I get so frustrated because I can't quote unquote, do that i can't have that straight line you just didn't work at it long enough though right and so but and that's the thing it's like i can but i have to try i have to practice i spent years as the foreman for a painting company right right. and so the the abilities that i have are not a well let me just go try this and then do it right there are years of experience in maryland you know of, of of working for a very custom painting company so that was something i did master right but that's just a small example of me saying i can't i'm not as talented i'm not as talented i'm not as good and that goes back to the comparison though right you know like when i when i'm comparing myself to other people you're going to compare yourself either to the worst or the best think about it true you know if i at least i'm not as bad as this person but i'm not as good as this person yeah if i'm you know playing basketball and I compare myself to Michael Jordan, I'm going to look freaking ridiculously right. horrible. But then, you know, I can compare myself to a five-year-old kid and I look like a freaking... <laughs> a rock star. And then I look like Michael Jordan. <laughs> you look like Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's, I think that, I think what we're trying to bring out in today's show and the, and the previous shows is really that the fact that you, that you can do anything, but you have to really pay attention to you. Not to anything else around you. Just really kind of lo- listen to, you know, what it is that you're thinking about yourself, what it is that caused you to start thinking that way, and how you can get yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, because because everybody has such potential that we don't tap into because we're s- afraid. Number mm-hmm. one, you know, or we're scared. Ooh, I'm afraid and scared are the same thing, but we're afraid. Or we just truly believe we can't do it because we haven't given ourselves enough credit, you know, for the things that we have done in the past. You know, those kind of things. So pride. Pride is people, another one. People think that pride is a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, and pride is actually not. There is nothing wrong with feeling good about your accomplishments. Absolutely. You know, you hear in the 12-step program, all the time, get rid of your pride, get rid of your ego, right? No, don't get rid of your pride because there is nothing wrong with feeling good about the things that you've done. They're correlating it to false pride or arrogance or things like that. But that's not what pride is, you know. Um, Ego is another one. Now, that one we go into a long talk about Sigmund Freud. That's a whole other show. (laughs) But ego is actually a good thing, too. We can talk about that in another another show. That's what I'm saying. But but I do want to say on this, so, you know, the... The fixed mindset for a lot of time, you get stuck in the problem. You do. And then you don't come up with the solution. No? And the other mindset, 
the growth mindset. Right. Is where you actually start looking at solutions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I said in the beginning of this, I'm a relationship master expert. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, if, you know, people in a relationship and they get into an argument, right? A disagreement, right. things like that, right? Most people get stuck in the problem. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? That leads you to resentments, mm-hmm. right? That leads you to, uh, f- you feel wronged, right? You feel misunderstood, right? Because people are stuck in that problem. Mm-hmm. But what if we switched it to a growth okay. mindset, right? And I start asking myself different questions. How would I, re- how would I love my relationship to be, right? What kind of relationship are we committed to having? Mm-hmm. And I want, right, a relationship of kindness, mm-hmm. of gratitude, and open communication. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> See, what I'm good at, re- you know what I mean? I'm a master at relationships. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole bag of shush right here. Um, that was good, though, wasn't it? It was very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You practice what you preach. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so it's what we want, and let's try to figure out the solution. But that isn't that that kind of is an example, though, of of the difference between you know the growth mindset mm-hmm. and the fixed mindset, mm-hmm. right? Because the fixed mindset, we're focused so much on the problem. We're trying to, you know, and as I had kind of said, you know, the significant problems we face cannot be solved at the level of the thinking that created them, Albert Einstein. Right. I like that saying. Right, right. right? And I think that really applies to this, you know, is that, you know, we've created the problem. Right. And so now we need to switch our mindset and start looking for how can we actually improve upon it. Right. And that yeah. becomes the growth mindset, the yeah. solution-based mindset, right? And it's in everything. It's you know, I actually I had um I had one of my a uh, uh, person I work with, uh she had sent me a message and and we were talking back and forth coming up with a solution for this a, a problem with the patient. And um and her last comment she goes, "You know what, Marla, you're amazing. Thank you so much." Right? And old Marella used to be like, oh, it's just my job. I'm not amazing, right? But now when I hear something like that, I take the compliment. Mm. And so many people don't take the compliment. Mm -hmm. When somebody says, that's a nice outfit you're wearing today. Oh, this whole thing. Or, oh, things, you know, like, and then they start to kind of get all twitchy or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, um, you know, just with our, in our relationship, you know, you tell me I'm beautiful almost every day. Right. And it took a long time for me to start to say thank you. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm not shut up. You know, like it made me so uncomfortable. And you've said that before. Yeah, I know. It has made me so uncomfortable that somebody outside thought I was beautiful because I had told myself for so long, mm-hmm. you're not beautiful. You're not going to mount anything, blah, blah, blah. So, and I remember my therapist you know years ago when i was seeing my therapist she said why can't you take the compliment 
I said, because he's lying. Mm -hmm. How do you know he's lying? Because I'm not beautiful. In his eyes, you are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so you can't call him a liar because you're not in his mind. And in his mind, he believes you're beautiful. Why would he tell you that if he didn't believe it? I'm like, I don't know. Well, you're already married to him. It's not like he can get in your pants, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that happened. So, you know, like, um, it's it, it it's hard. And I am sure there is several, several women out there who are uh, who feel uncomfortable to say thank you mm -hmm. when somebody compliments them. And I'm sure men too, but I'm just saying, I know on the women's side, we're uncomfortable somebody telling us we're beautiful because we just have a hard time accepting that because we are comparing ourselves to a you know a beautiful actress or you know like j-lo like she's amazingly gorgeous at 50 and i only wish i was like half of that beautifulness <laughs> you know but but you know it's like we're comparing ourselves to 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 um you know somebody else and and we don't see ourselves as beautiful and so we don't love ourselves enough and then we're waiting for that love and attention to come from somebody else until us women start to love ourselves and stop comparing ourselves to other women unrealistic you know women especially like the kardashians and j-lo was and you know all of them mm -hmm. We're not gonna. We're not going to ever accept anybody else to see us as beautiful. So they always say, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yes. You need to be the beholder. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, so you know, I've said before, like, you know, with words, you know, when people say things to you, you know, or people say, you know, like words hurt, right? It's the words don't hurt. It's not the words that people say. It's the meanings that you put behind the things that people say that hurt. You're hurting yourself by what other people are saying. Right. Normally, it's a reason. The reason being is that you believe what these people are saying, or there's something within it mm -hmm. that you believe. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't bother you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, this this you know this mindset. Um. There's so many, so many things with it. And here's something I was always, I was thinking about too, was, you know, just how we view or viewing things in life, right? Problems, you know, as I always like to say, are they problems or are they opportunities, right? right. Opportunities for growth. But, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you, you spill your coffee, you trip a little bit, you bump your knee. How many times do you say, now all of a sudden I've had a bad day? Oh yeah. Or, all the time. We could maybe say, you know what, freaking bump my knee and spill my coffee today, you know, just a couple of things. These are only two incidences that now all of a sudden become a mm -hmm. bad day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just had that on Monday. Yeah. I just literally, middle of the night, woke up, threw the pillow over at the cat because it was scratching, it was scratching the little couch in our room. So I threw the pillow at it, fell back to sleep. When I woke up to go get the coffee, I tripped over the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Went to get our coffee, you know, whatever. Later on that morning, went to get another cup of coffee. The steam from the kettle burned my arm. You know, and so from that moment, it was like one thing after another. And I, my my girlfriend, like, sends me a message. She's like, hey, good morning, blah, blah, blah. She's like, good morning. I'm like, it sucks. This is the worst day ever. Yeah. And it was only like 10 o'clock in the morning at this point. And it know? was only like two things that happened. It was only two things that happened. 
But I'm like, I burnt my arm. I tripped over and something else. It was, it was oh, one three. Th- yeah, it was like yeah. three things that happened. But it was, oh, somebody had irritated me from work. I, I think I don't. I think I if it's remember. more than three, it's a bad day. Is it a bad day at I that think, point? Yeah. It wasn't even like ten in the morning. <laughs> but it's like, and you're right. I do that all the time. Didn't even realize it. You know, like because your morning starts out shitty, all of a sudden the entire day is bad. Yeah. So, you know, it's it. it so part of what I think we're talking about too is our belief system, mm-hmm. you know? And again, going back to changing those beliefs. You know, a lot of, a lot of people think that, you know, again, have a, have a, a lot of people have a hard time, again, differentiating between facts, opinions, perspectives, beliefs. Yeah, you know, we talked about and that before. And they're very different things, mm-hmm. you know? A belief is not a fact. Right. It's something that you hold um, that, is, is true to you, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, especially if it's holding you back, right. keeping you from doing what you need to do. Right. Um, and that's where you need to start changing that belief system, changing it into, I can, I will, I am, um, and, and creating positive statements or positive ideas that will help continue moving you forward mm-hmm. get rid of get rid of the labels right because those labels are going to take you down too right yeah absolutely i mean and again it's a, it's a daily struggle it's a, something you daily have to be consciously aware of the words that are you're saying the thoughts that you're thinking and and and, and stopping yourself it, it takes practice on a daily basis right um, and so it's not one of those things that's just going to happen overnight. I mean, especially as you grow and this is like a mindset that you've had for so, so, so many years, your brain is a muscle that you have to now retrain it to kind of get you out of that fixed mindset and start figuring out the solutions, yeah. you know? And so people forget like it, it's got to, it's that your brain needs that daily exercise, you know? And yeah. so it's going to, it's going to try to, it's kind of like lifting a weight, you know, and it's going to try to pull your arm down, you know, cause it's heavy. And so like when you're retraining your brain to think positively, to think, you know, on a, on a, on a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, your brain's going to try to pull you back into that fixed mindset. So it's going to be like, nope, this is what we've always been thinking. And, you know, so there's like this tug of war mm-hmm. kind of scenario. And like I said, I mean, there's still, I mean, I've grown a lot in the last five years, but there's still many, many things where I have to like pull myself back out of. I used to be one of those people that just would dwell in my feelings for, f- you know, for for weeks sometimes and just get into this major depression and just be like, you know, whatever. And so now there's days where I kind of get like my feelers get hurt and I'm just kind of emotional or, you know, whatever, because I am woman and that's what we do, you know, um, but. <laughs> and hear you roar. And hear me war- roar. <laughs> but now when I start to feel that way, I'm more conscious about it and I know to pull myself out of it a lot quicker. So it may last a couple of hours as opposed to weeks. You know, I and, and I remember the times when the kids were little, I would work, I would come, wake up, go to work, come back and go straight to bed. Yeah. And that would go that would that would happen, you know, for weeks at a time because I would just let those feelings and depression just pull me down. And I just felt so 
like there was no other choice for me. Right. You know, this is again when I was um, with my previous marriage, but it's something that I've had been working on for the last five five years, at least since my since my mom passed away, four years. But you know, you've worked on it a lot longer, right? You you've kind of built through that. I know after your relapse, it was you had to restart to build your up yourself up again with your self esteem. It did. It was a little easier. That part of it was a little bit easier mm-hmm. the second time than it was the first time because I had already had experience right. in being able to do it. But yes, I mean, I went back way back down. I hated myself, you know. And I think the first step in some of this is to that self acceptance. Right. I am who I am. I've done what I've done, you know, and. uh um, but I love myself today, you right. know, and I think everybody needs to say that I love myself today. Mm-hmm. I, and I am looking out for my best interest, mm-hmm. you know, and, and having that integrity, you know, caring about ourselves, treating ourselves kindly. Um, well, yeah, many people treat others like they would give their shirt off their back but then they're not kind to of themselves. You know, I had, a, I had a girlfriend yesterday who made a mistake at work and she's like, oh, I'm so stupid, I'm an idiot, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, stop it. People <laughs> do hu- that all the time. You're human yeah. and you made a mistake. It's, yeah. And it wasn't even like, oh my God, the end of the world like is gonna happen. It was a small mistake and just caused yeah. some, you know, and I was like, stop talking like that. And that's where people need to catch themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what's important. I think that's what's really important is, is that you're able to catch yourself. Um, you know, when you, when you start thinking these things, when you think negatively. Exactly. You know, you got to catch that thought and just say, wait a minute here. Mm-hmm. You know, argue with yourself for a second. And then, you Even know. if you just tell yourself a few <laughs> good, if you make an appointment with yourself, when you're brushing your teeth, look in the mirror and say a few good things about yourself yeah. just so you can start building that muscle, you know? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just and one again, of Again, our brain is like any muscle out there. Mm-hmm. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. Absolutely. So we need to use our brains. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, we got these damn things for a reason. Well, it's not I just think. it's not just to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time, or no, you know, still that's w- part of it though. <laughs> I mean, that's a talent, you know. That is, that is pretty much a talent. <laughs> but, um, um, I think we're getting yeah. close to the end, so just we wanted are. to to shout out um, your podcast or yeah, um, yeah. Please check out our website, highwallclean.org. Um, check out our our podcast of High Wall Clean. The other one is Walk a Mile in My Shoes. And of course, I want to thank everybody for watching and listening to another episode of What Were You Thinking here on LA Talk Radio. Have a great evening. And we will see you next week. Bye.